Parapods. That's City of Parramatta Libraries podcast. Look, we've got a special guest this morning, and this gentleman is Mohan Dahl. So Mohan is the um, academic leader at Potentia Tutoring, and he is also the CEO of Australian Tutor- the Australian Tutoring Association. So look, I'm Catherine. I also have my colleague Nissa here with me. Hello. And we've got the HSC coming up, we just really practically begged Mohan to come in, give us a little bit of time so that we could give students and parents a few tips about the upcoming HSC. So Mohan, welcome, thank you for coming. Thank you very much. We've prepared a few questions obviously, so we'll get started. I'll start with the first question. How beneficial do you think it is to have uh, a study group or a study buddy? Yeah, so uh, lots of students like to work with others. Uh, They get a sense of self-esteem by sharing what they know and also by having someone to bounce ideas off or uh, test them. So I think it's a really good idea for people to have trusted study buddies who know the course well and who are interested in learning. However, it doesn't need to be a large group. Even a small group of two or three people can be an effective aid to assisting a student to study well. Great. Thanks, Mohan. Um, look, late at night, study or during the day, what's your take on this? Okay, so you can basically divide students into two different groups. Those who like to be up very late and wake up late, and those who tend to wake up early and are freshest early and study early. Um, I would suggest that people don't study late and then go to sleep straight after studying because their mind can be very active and it can be hard to sleep. So if people are going to study late, they should probably stop study about an hour and a half before they go to sleep and do something relaxing, listening to music, or do something totally non-study between then and when they sleep. There are advantages, however, to studying prior to sleep uh, in the couple of hours beforehand. If students have very difficult problems that they're trying to solve, their mind will work on those problems even while they're asleep. So it's common for students to say they were thinking about a problem, they didn't have an angle or, or an answer, and when they woke up, they felt better about what to do about that uh, question. So there are benefits for both. Um, as a general preference, though, I think people feel better if they study early in the day, have that out of the way, and then they feel like they're already successful when their day has begun. I've actually got a question slightly related to that. Um, when I was doing the HSC, what I I think I read this somewhere that if you record like your notes and listen to it while you're sleeping, apparently that can be beneficial. And I tried it. I don't know if it helped me or not. I don't think my, my HSC results would probably tell you that it wasn't. But have you heard of that or does that sound like something that can be done? Yeah, look, I have heard of that. I've heard people say that if they listen to things in subliminally, they'll get the information. Um, I understood about six months ago studies came out and said it didn't really have much of an effect. However, if people feel as though it has an effect, then they know they're doing everything they can to learn. So um, everything is about how people feel, and if they feel like it's beneficial and they're making that effort, then they're probably fairly serious about doing well, so it's probably not going to have any negative effect. Like a placebo, I guess. Yeah, good, um, good point. And you know, the circadian rhythm you know, is something that, you know, you have to consider. Okay, uh, so moving on. Uh, Mohan, how useful are past papers? How often should you be doing practice tests? 
Okay, so this is a time when students should be doing a lot of practice tests. However, not all practice tests are of the same quality. So there are a lot of uh, tests that are poorly written, and there's a lot of tests that don't even examine content well. So students need to be fairly judicious about the source of those tests. The best source is past HSE material. Now, having coordinated exam committees, what we always aim to do was to write new papers so that students were always tested on the unexpected. NESA, unfortunately, for the last three years, has tended to look backwards. That means they have stopped being creative up until 2018 in the way they write questions. That's been disappointing, but it has meant that exams have been far more predictable than they should be, um, which actually isn't the best form of preparation. So my suggestion would be students look at past HSE uh, exams and map what has been asked, but then actually prepare for what hasn't been asked, uh, because this might be the year when NESA actually does something creative and starts to test parts of courses uh, which haven't been tested before and won't start reusing old questions which have done in a number of subject areas on a number of occasions. Can you clarify for our listeners what NESA stands? Yeah, so that's the... Um, New South Wales Educational Standards Authority, the authority that sets the HSE exams. Now, you might say, but since 2011 to now, there are only eight past HSE papers, and people could practice on 20 papers. So the second best source of papers would be trial HSEs run by schools. Um, and I think that amongst both of those, trial HSEs typically from the Catholic sector and um, past HSE papers, they would be the best source of questions. Where are they available, like the ones um, by the schools? Okay, so a school teacher should have them and they should be prepared to give them out. And the best thing about these papers is they come with fully worked solutions. So students can not have to rely on others. They can basically teach themselves. So uh, exam practice is crucial. It's quite hard for students in Year 12 at the moment because they're getting to the, towards the end of their schooling. That can be quite a distraction, you know, all the tears around graduation, etc. Uh, so to remain focused at a time when everyone around them is kind of going through the stress of leaving school can be really tricky. So it will take real discipline for students to focus on what they need to do. And one way they can do that is by asking teachers to mark their work um, so that they can set deadlines weekly and then hand stuff in and get their teachers busy marking, which is really what teachers should be doing anyway. Course. And uh, also, the library at Parramatta obviously has a lot of past papers, so yeah, look, students and parents, if you're listening, um, check them out. Um, so next question, if students are stuck and need academic or emotional help, um, where can they go? Okay, so um, everyone gets stuck from time to time, and owning that someone's stuck is important, because if students um, don't admit that they're finding things difficult. They're going to tend to not try in areas where that can make a difference to their final result. So first of all, acknowledging that things are tough helps. Secondly, there's plenty of support. As you said, the library here is a great source of support um, and a great venue for people to come to meet peers and also to have um, a safe environment where they can uh, study and also um, uh, meet with others in a, in a peer situation. Uh, many students will have tutors who can support them, but the primary source should actually be their parents uh, and or their, their guardian, their, their home life, uh, to level with the family around them that they're feeling stressed and to elicit support, even though they shouldn't need to. Uh, and then secondly, um, 
teachers, of course, should be very supportive at this time. So recognising that um, where there are difficulties and that it's not too late to make a difference. Now, occasionally teachers can be a source of issue if they're a bit critical of students who've left it late. In my experience, students who work hard between now and the HSE can raise their marks by up to 20, so from 70 to 90. So they need to find teachers who don't judge them and to support them in their endeavours. Now, you asked about emotional support. There are school counsellors available, and school counsellors would be the first port of call for people who don't have an extended family network that's supportive. Uh, yeah, that's very true. <clears throat> okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, Mohan, is it better to follow the curriculum for revision or um, the textbook? Okay, so textbooks are not all consistently well written. And often there's far too much information. Students at this stage should know the syllabus really, really, really well and should structure their summaries around those um, syllabus documents. Ideally, uh, a first summary might be 40 or 50 pages. Generally, handwritten is better and often handwritten in colour. Now, a summary from that should possibly be four single-sided pages um, with mind maps and things like that. It would not be advisable for students to go to all the texts and have reams of notes from 10 different textbooks. Um, at this stage, really, their summary should be around the syllabus. Okay, fine. Oh, that sounds good. Um, how important is it to make time for other things like exercise? Mm. So... It's easy to get distracted by all the other things, including exercise and social media. Um, so the real discipline here is studying first and then being distracted second. So it's extremely important to exercise, but most people don't do that these days. Uh, so they're more likely to be on social media or playing uh, online games or something, um, or you know, watching shows on Netflix. Um, in any case, that should be a reward for discipline. So whilst it's important to have balance with um, meeting friends or going to movies or whatever, uh, exercising, which I think is probably the best form of um, assisting learning, because increased blood flow means uh, the brain is active and uh, there is recall and there's also uh, a capacity for insight. Uh, but since most people aren't disciplined enough to do regular strenuous exercise, um, having a break is crucial but the break should come after at least three to four to five hours of timetabled study. Yeah, discipline is, a, is definitely the go, isn't it? Um, now, Mohan, what do you think about the idea of... Oh, sorry, that's we've already covered. Excuse me. Uh, do you recommend studying at home or in the library? If the former, any recommendations for setting up a study environment? Yeah, so... Um, ideally, a study environment should be a quiet space where a student feels safe. For many students, that might be in their own room. However, their own room can also be the biggest source of distraction with music and, you know, a mobile phone and Facebook and blah, blah, blah. So uh, having the discipline to know where the distractors are and put themselves into an environment where there aren't distractors might mean, of course, coming to the library um, because then they're of the mindset, I am going to study, so they're already um, intellectually prepared for that task. Alternatively, um, if they find it hard to account for their time in their bedroom, they could study in a space that's open in the house where others can see them, so that they're more accountable to external factors like parents or older brother, sister, whatever. Um, and they should also set goals 
and tick them off and be accountable to the goals they set. So any environment can be good as long as it's free of distraction. Um, coming to a library can take time and so they need to be at the library long enough to make sure that time is well used and then the travel time can be a good break. Preparation when they're coming here and then feeling relaxed on the way back home. Sounds good. Um, how important is routine? Do you, do you recommend creating daily timetables in the lead up to the exam? Yes, I do. Um, I think that most people who have timetables and or goals show a certain discipline around achievement. Um, it's not funky to write a timetable, but okay. any goal or anything uh, written tends to um, focus effort. So I would expect students to learn how to timetable. If they don't, they can come to the library and uh, I'm sure people here would help them understand how to timetable and structure time. In any case, what they should do is go to the HSC um, exam timetable and backwards map from there to now what subjects I'll study in what order. And that means breaking them down to the topic areas and the syllabus points that they're going to cover week by week, day by day. Now, in reality, most people do not stick 100% to any plan they make. But absolutely, if they have a plan, they're going to achieve more than they would without one. So whether they stick to that timetable absolutely religiously or not is almost immaterial. That they have one that guides their conduct is going to be of the greatest benefit. How soon should they be doing this? Like, It's already now. Yeah, it should be now. Um, Actually, timetabling and or setting goals should be something that becomes a part of their way of life. And that should run right through through uni or through uh, TAFE or through their workplace uh, when they work. Um, when people have a plan for achievement, their effort is more focused. Having a plan that's written gives it more veracity or more power. Now, it doesn't matter if people don't achieve the goals they write. Not having a goal means people aren't accountable to the effort they make. They can always change their goals because they're only in their head. But having a plan and a sense of structure tends to give the greatest um, focus on effort, which means people don't dissipate or waste their time, and it means they're more likely to be highly successful. Yeah, and of course those um, principles, uh, you know, transfer into uh, life skills and, uh, you know, um, you your, you know, your working life, those sort of good habits. Yeah. If you ask most people who were 17 and not supported at HSC or 18, who later in life are highly successful, and ask them what would they like to have been told when they were 17 or 18, and if they had been told that all you need is discipline and to learn as you go, and you're going to be successful, then there wouldn't be so much pressure on what's immediate. And unfortunately, too few adults tell students that it doesn't matter what mark you get, it matters whether you're disciplined, well-organised, uh, and learn from what you do, and they're going to be successful. And it doesn't matter whether it's 28 or 30 or 32, that time is immaterial, because they've still got 30 years after that. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, just a few last questions, Mohan. Um, do you recommend focusing on one subject each day or mixing it up? Yeah, so um, you have to get enough traction with each subject. That is, you need to get uh, enough um, practice done in order to, for it to be effective, and that's going to take a few hours. However, some students find uh, some subjects harder than others, and that means they can get very drained by particular subjects and that can detract from others. Um, what many students like to do 
is have a plan for what they're going to do in what order and mix some of the tough stuff with some of the easy stuff. That is, they start with about an hour on a tough subject and then do something they find relatively easier so that their uh, academic self-esteem, if you like, is high when they finish study. Um, it's better for them to do the hard thing first rather than the easy thing first because the relative benefit is higher. So my recommendation would be that they do more than one subject in a day, but they spend several hours on a subject, and if they find one harder than the other, they spend relatively less time until they feel more, more confident so that their um, self-esteem doesn't feel like they're studying and getting nowhere. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Moanne, what are some of the common mistakes you see students make in the lead-up to the exam? Okay, so um, common mistakes include looking at an area of study and saying to themselves, yeah, I know that, without testing themselves. So um, we always talk in education about checking for understanding, and it, we, everyone would know this. If you're sitting in a seminar and a seminar leader or a teacher or a lecturer says, does everyone understand, most people nod and say yes. If they're then asked to demonstrate their understanding, most people in any group won't know what just happened. Now, this is really important. It's called checking for understanding. So if a student believes that they know a part of a course well, they should prove that to themselves by answering questions and getting them marked. If they consistently get 5 out of 5 or 10 out of 10, then they do know well. Then they can easily tick that off in their plan as having been done. But the biggest mistake students make is assuming because they've heard something they know it. Now, in the Instagram days and the days of Facebook, seeing something is knowing. And that's a real um, misunderstanding because just if I see something, it doesn't mean I've thought about it, I've reflected, or I know it. Therefore, because of all of these distractors that make people think if I've seen it, I know it, there needs to be greater attention on proving to themselves that they know. Otherwise, there are going to be huge aspects in courses where they won't do well enough. That's true. Look, Mohan, um, finally, any advice to parents? Uh, yes. Parents are very vested in the outcomes of their children. They're highly protective. Often that can come across as overbearing, and it can also come across uh, to some students as being an added pressure. Uh, students at this stage don't need added pressure. They need plenty of TLC, uh, a cup of tea, being taken to a movie or whatever after a period of study. So um, whilst parents are highly vested on outcomes, they need not to uh, get into the role of these are really important or use them as a stick to beat students. It's not going to be at all helpful. Um, and they should remember that the HSE is just a quiz. It's not really uh, a definition in life. So if they could tone down some of their own expectations around pressure and what they think these exams represent, it's probably going to release in students um, something that helps them feel more supported. Indeed. So look, Mohan, the exams are coming up um, within the next few weeks. Um, I think the, the students actually start on about the 20th <coughs> excuse me, of October. Mm. Um, and um, I think, look, really, the, a lot of those questions have helped uh, students and parents maybe to clarify a few uh, a few things. Everyone's a bit nervous, but, you know, your advice is so good. You know, young people have their whole life, and, you know, it is. It's just another um, rite of passage. 
Well, we're here to um, to um, confirm that. Here's a really interesting thing. So there are plenty of teachers and plenty of uh, parents who are worried about their children who characterise them as lazy or blah, blah, blah. Mm. And yet if you see that a child is nervous before an exam, you know that it matters and that already makes them not lazy. So if a child is anxious, it means that the thing they're doing carries utility for them or they believe it's important. I don't think we need to tell students ever in their life the HSC is important. They already have internalised that. What they do need is more support and more um, emotional maturity uh, to not be hassled or pressured, but to be given structures that help them do their best. Are there any final resources you can think of that people can look to to get some advice? Um, The ideal thing the students should be doing now is practising. Now... When you say are there any uh, final resources, they have resources at their disposal that can help them practice. They've got the, the library where they can come to as a forum, and there are um, plenty of peers in their group that, that they can talk through uh, questions with. But more than anything, the school is there to support them until they finish their HSE. Their teachers should be supporting them and marking their work, and they should expect that as a service, um, especially at this time. So students should not be afraid to own what they don't know, to practice questions, to get them marked and to seek feedback. And they should do that with the most supportive teachers. That's the best thing they can do at this stage. Mm-hmm. Well, and thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your really busy schedule. And um, yeah, look, uh, listeners, hopefully that uh, answered a lot of your questions. Um, and don't forget to come down to the library and you know use your tutoring um, facilities if that's where you need to go. There are many reputable tutoring companies around, such as Mohan's, of course. So, um, okay, we'll just sign off at this point, and thanks again, Mohan. No worries, thank you. Yep. And if you'd like to subscribe to our podcasts, you can find us on Podbean under Parapods or on iTunes via the podcast app, or you can go to our library website and find us under Parareads. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah, we'll see you at the library. Material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker who do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast.